Welcome to Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast. I'm your host, Katara McCarty. Ladies, you know how you feel when you have a bomb outfit on? Your hair is just right? You get a glance at yourself in the mirror and you think, yes, girl, you are slaying it today. But then you realize you forgot something? Girl, you forgot your lipstick. So you put your lipstick on, and then all of a sudden, you went from, girl, you cute, to a woman with a fierce attitude about to slay the day. Girl, that lipstick has you walking different, standing different, squaring your shoulders, and daring anything or anyone to get in your way. Well, that's what I'll do here at Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast. I'll remind you to grab your lipstick not only literally, but metaphorically to put that lipstick on your soul. I'll give you tools to tap into your own unique power, build self-confidence, and go for the life that you deserve. It's time for you to stop looking for answers, acceptance, and love outside of you. Listen, it's in you. Stop living a life you hate and live a life full of power, your own power. So girl, grab your lipstick because you're going to need it. Welcome to episode 18, Mental Health Week 1. This month is, the month of May, is Mental Health Month or Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I wanted to specifically talk about mental health on my podcast. Um, I have uh, family members who um, have had to do some work around mental health and I've had to support loved ones in it and I wanted to just shed some light from my perspective around mental health and so I'm hoping that um, we're going to do two weeks this week and next week and I'm hoping that these episodes um, touch somebody and reach somebody and yeah so this week I've asked my husband, Ryan, to join us as a guest on Red Lips and Eye Rolls um, to tell his story. We're going to talk a little bit about the stigma around mental health um, and how it affects uh, people, how it affects loved ones. And so, Ryan, welcome to Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast. Thank you so much. This, I think, is my first time on. Yeah, he's been itching to get on my podcast, and I haven't invited him. And he finally got asked, and he said yes. We're changing it to Red Lips and Muscles. No. no, I'm going to have to kick you out. No, we're not. Cigars and PBR. No. It's Red Lips and Eye Rolls. The podcast yes. is the name. You are a guest. So we're not excited. starting. We're not doing podcasts together. Right. We're not. You're just a guest. Okay. My podcast. I am a guest on a Red guest. Lips and Eye Rolls, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you Great. for having me on. Yeah. So my husband, Ryan, has a pretty powerful story, and it um, is really um, stems from... Uh, a mental illness in the family and so I just wanted him to share his story and then we're going to dive a little bit more into um yeah the stigma and support and all that all that good stuff so 
Yeah, share your story, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. So um, first I'd like to say that all of us have a story, right? So we're mm-hmm. uh, hopefully going to hear a little bit of um, where life kind of began for me. Uh, but I'd also like to add that, you know, if I were to be able to sit down with every listener, I'm sure that we all have an experience around either our own mental health that uh, could potentially be something that would be life-defining for us or mm-hmm. a family member as well. And so I think it's very relevant for us to understand that our stories are, are very powerful and, and, it's, and, and really being able to own those over time is, is really a, an idea that I think all of us need to embrace. My story that I've had to own since I was six years old is having a, a mom who was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic, mm-hmm. um, faced her own mental um, wellness in terms of um, dealing with depression and, and all types of mental disease and, and things that she was facing eventually led her, uh, when I was six years old, to um, enter into the backyard where I played as, as a little boy and, and uh, take a shotgun. And, and eventually, in, in that moment, as I was in school that day, um, she died from suicide. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, from that moment forward, I, I had to really face some really adult mm-hmm. uh, questions in my own mind, in my own heart, and facing the future because my dad uh, dealt with his own mental illness and and situation is coming back from Vietnam, drug addicted, and uh, facing what he faced in Vietnam and just the experiences there. They actually diagnosed him in in Vietnam. One of the psychologists and doctors that saw him stated that they had never seen such bad mental illness Mm. in in an individual before. Mm. And so for me, mental illness and and just really mental health and the conversation around it really lays a framework of my own life and my own experience growing up and and asking those adult questions, you know, why, why would a a mom, Mm -hmm. um, you know, take her own life and die from suicide, you know, dealing with a a dad who is, you know, obviously facing a lot of mental illness and PTSD from uh, war and, and everything that he experienced and drug addiction. And so, there, there is so much wrapped up in that, mm-hmm. and, and that really was the foundation of my life. And so having to navigate uh, my own journey uh, throughout life and, and facing that and coming to terms with what that means for me and how, right, right. how, I, how I really live healthy, right? Because right. I've had to deal with my own depression from time to time and and Mm -hmm. you know talk to a doctor and say i need i need to be on medicine right like right now i you know and insist on it insist on my own health and and really work toward that and and do what's necessary and and fortunately even uh throughout my life you know there's there's been very rare moments but there's been moments where there's there's fleeting thoughts of you know, uh, the option of suicide for myself and, you know, the, the realities around that and, and having to just come face to face. You always talk about on red lips and eye rolls and just on your mm-hmm. videos, uh, owning your truth. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and staring your truth in the face. Right. And sometimes that's hard to do because yeah. the truth uh, for some of us is a larger monster right. than for others, you sure. know. And for me, it's a it's a really big monster that I've had to face throughout my life and and just just come to terms with that in that reality and then sharing my story and seeing the healing in other people in that process so yeah that's 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 my story kind of in the beginning stage and what I dealt with yeah and you know that was back in 1982 yeah the early 80s and um back then really up until the last several years there's been a lot of um, stigma around suicide Mm -hmm. and how people talk about suicide Mm -hmm. and the stigma around that and as we're talking just as a you know as you look back as a six-year-old little boy that i know there's a lot that you don't remember but just having people say you know just put descriptive words around your mom's mental illness and and um you know dying from suicide like Tell me about the stigma and the blame and how, first of all, the, the correct language that we should be using and how that yeah. maybe back then negatively impacted you. Well, what you have to understand is that words are powerful. So right. growing up in the church as a result of kind of a transition in my father's life and his spiritual experience that he had, mm-hmm. fortunately, and being able to get off of drugs and alcohol and all of that um, about a year after uh, my mom's death, Um, you know, historically in the church, and I think even to this day, the idea of suicide is that it's like the the worst sin you could commit and there's no forgiveness for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. uh, the idea is, you know, there's a massive stigma and blame that comes along with that. And and just in in society in general, Mm -hmm. without any... Uh, wrong intent uh, we speak of suicide as though the person uh, and we use terminology like well they committed suicide I, I use that term throughout my entire life I remember getting on stage in front of sure. hundreds of people and telling my story and saying my mom committed suicide and after I got off stage you know someone came up to me and said yeah, I just need to make you aware. This was at a mental health conference. Yeah. She said, I just need to make you aware um, that, you know, when we use terms like committed suicide, uh, it comes with a powerful idea because words are powerful. It, it comes with, uh, it's laden with blame and, and yeah. stigma. And and she said, you know, from now on, I would I would suggest to you that rather than saying this, you know, that your mom committed suicide, uh, talk about it in terms of she died from suicide. Sure. You know, in the same way, I think we never say like someone committed a heart attack, right? Or you know, committed cancer, right? <laughs> yeah, they died from yeah, that, sure. and it's a disease. Yeah. It's 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 mental health. And it's an illness. Exactly. It's a result of that. And so when we talk about health, we have to really take the blame and the stigma out of it. Because as long as there's blame blame and stigma, as long as we're Mm -hmm. saying people are committing suicide, then what happens is those that are having those thoughts, those that are 
facing those realities exactly. and their own depression start to really avoid seeking the help that they sure. need, you know, yeah. because they feel guilt sure. and they feel blame and they feel that stigma. And, and, and we have to, I think, as family members and friends and in the workplace and the world in general, as we're talking about it, just making that pivot from saying sure. they, they committed suicide to they died from suicide, I think, is such a healthy way to, to shift as a society. And, and that, I think, for all of us that are listening, myself included, really really taking that on as a responsibility moving forward, uh, changing our language yeah, around changing is changing our language. I also think that, like, you mentioned growing up in the church, it's not just Christianity, but other religions as well. Um, but with people saying to you, you know, your mom committed suicide. Um, it's almost like when you say that, like she was a bad, like she's so bad. She was yeah, so well, bad, when you bad, commit bad, something, bad. it's You're, either a crime or a sin. Right. So, so again, like changing that language from she committed something. Yeah. Because she didn't commit a sin and she didn't commit a crime. It's not a crime. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I I think that's a huge thing uh, to to begin to address because the reality is like, you know, when we talk about mental health and mental illness, the the rates are staggering Mm -hmm. in terms of the increase of mental illness among among young people Mm -hmm. specifically. It's the second leading cause of death among ages 10 to 34. Wow. Uh, it's almost Second double the amount leading. of cancer. Wow. Uh, the cause of cancer, yeah. And so, I, wow. you know, when we talk about that and the fact that 22 veterans or active members of the military die from suicide every single day, um, there, yeah. there's, there's, there's just a responsibility mm-hmm. that comes along with those of us that have the opportunity to speak about it, to be present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have several steps that, that we can discuss in a moment, but I think there's, there's really key areas that we need to be aware of in yeah. terms of our role. Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, and and we'll get to that in a moment, but how I was affected throughout my life was, you know, it's, it, you know, really unpacking what I went through in therapy and counseling and coaching, and that's going to go on forever, you know, and, and when, um, when, when suicide happens in our family and somebody may be listening to this right now and, and uh, have experienced a, f- a loss of a family member or a friend mm-hmm. or an acquaintance, a coworker, uh, that affects us deeply. Sure. You know, I read a statistic that one in five uh, Americans specifically are affected um, by uh, mental illness in their lifetime. Wow. And, and I would say this, my statistic is that five in five are affected mm-hmm. because... Mm-hmm. Um, Every single person is affected, maybe not by their own mental illness, but being associated, connected with loving someone like all of us can raise our hand and say, yes, it has affected me. Sure. 
um, whether it be internally with our own psychology and mental wellness, or if it was someone else that we love, it right. still affects us. Right. So I say five and five, not only Americans, but all over the world. And I think, you know, we have to be aware of that, uh, that, you know, we, we play a part in the wellness of others. Sure. But we also we also play a part in the wellness of ourselves. We have to seek Absolutely. out that kind of help. And yeah. for some of us, we're not in that place, yeah. um, and we need to be aware when someone's not, yeah. uh, and be present for them. Uh, but if you're you know if you're listening and you you say you know you can make that step and you can take a step forward to seek help, we we I would say uh, to to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have the permission to say I'm not okay. Right. I'm not. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And I also think that like when we talk about when just even like the month of May is called Mental Health Month, Mental Health Awareness Month, that we all have to take responsibility and to take our mental health seriously. Sure. And I think it's important also for us, like you're saying, to continue to talk about mental health just like we've for decades have talked about physical health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual health, like all of us have to take our own mental health seriously. Yeah. And just like with our bodies, there's some people that are maybe a little bit more healthier than others, or they're sick in other ways. Yeah. You know, like my sick, you know, what I struggle with physically is a little bit different than what somebody else struggles with. Um, physically same way mentally like mental health is all of us have to work toward being healthier mentally sure but specifically i wanted to focus on like your story and um how mental illness um impacted your mom and impacted your life and how how those loved ones are impacted which you've talked a little bit about and I know that my own, you know, I have a family member, my sister, she's going to be on next week. We're going to do a week two uh, around mental health. And um, I know that, you know, she has struggled with mental illness at at different stages of her life and how as a loved one, how that's impacted me. And we're going to, we're going to unpack that more with her next week and talk a little bit about, um, you know, families' roles and, mm-hmm. and how you can show up better yeah. for your loved one. But it, it definitely impacts the people that um, are love their loved one oh, and yeah. see them suffering just like it would impact you if you, you know, like you said, saw someone that you loved, you know, that had cancer and they're sure. in chemo. Like it just, it like really impacts you. Yeah. You know, that hurt never goes away. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, they say time heals all wounds. And I, I, I don't really think that that's the case. I think over time we learn how to, how to manage mm-hmm. our hurt a little better. And we learn how to, um, how to address those internal feelings. Hopefully we do. Not everyone does. And I think you still miss your mom. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, every time I talk about it, it, it's like, I'm talking about it for the first time, you know, and still, so that wound is still seems 
fresh still. Yeah. You know, like it's still And again, it, it's, real. you know, I can't look back and say, you know, um, because she did that, I feel this way because no. the, it's the illness and the, it's the, the mental illness and the disease sure. that did that. Right. And, and that's and that's the difference, you know, and I but I also know that even in all of that, the hurt is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hurt isn't something necessarily that we can just manage. Uh, it's something that I think we need to really be aware of and uh, also be very attuned to our own feelings and our own needs. Yeah. Um, because, you know, quite frankly, I mean, I think there have been seasons in my life where depression, like I stated earlier, was something that was very evident in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to define what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was dark. I just yeah. knew it was, it was deep mm-hmm. in me. And I, you know, that deepness is how I would define it for me, um, I felt like the deepness in me was also the deepness I was in. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I define my own depression when I was, you know, at different times. And, you know, some of it's circumstantial, some of it's just the highs and lows of life. And and other times it's, you know, you just comes out of the blue and it's just there, you know? Um, But I think having family members that have dealt with it, not dealt with it, but also like, lived in that reality and have been affected and impacted by it it's impacted me mm-hmm. you know and and uh yeah so for sure those those hurts and and yeah. everything from my from my own experience are things that i think i'll be healing from for the rest of my life yeah. you know yeah and again we're going to talk a little bit further about this next week but my i've had these conversations with my sister and just making her aware Mm -hmm. that life for us would not be better without her. Oh yeah. Because that's literally the thoughts that she would have and has been able to communicate that with me. I'm so grateful for that, that she's been able to tell me that. And I've been able to say, actually, it would really suck if you weren't here. Sure. And we would miss you horribly like and she was you know she wasn't successful she's still around and she's you know taking control of her mental health and um we're gonna talk i can't wait for you guys to tune in next week but um definitely like if you are listening to this episode and considering um suicide as an option Mm -hmm. just know that there are people that love you and that would grieve you the rest of their lives there would be a vacancy in the family there would be an emptiness that could never be filled and and just know that you're loved and that you matter and that you're important and that you have a purpose and that you actually like red lips and eye rolls is all about us claiming our power, owning our power, living in our power. And you are powerful enough Hmm. to, um, deal with wherever you're at mentally. And I think, I think what that means in being powerful enough is, 
seeking help. Well, and and having two people on a, a quit call list that's yes. safe. You're safe. Two people. people. Yeah, just have two family members, people that you can trust, a really, really close friend that you can trust. I mean, you know who your two people are. Yeah. And, and having those two people, yeah. um, potentially three if you have three. Yeah. Um, you know, just having those always there, knowing that if, if you feel like harming yourself or you have those thoughts or those feelings that kind of flood, those flood of feelings yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. come in, um, that, that it's in those moments that you can, can say, all right, that feeling is just an indication for me to make that phone call. Exactly. And and if that means having, and, and we'll post with this, a, a phone number for you to call, mm-hmm. um, the suicide hotline uh, for you to call. But if, you know, if, if that's not the route you want to take, you have a family member or friend that you can call, you need to make a call to that as well. Um, reach or out. to them, reach out, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think, I think we can, um, both of us, Katara and I say, you know, like, like it's really important to have a plan yeah. because you never know feelings and thoughts come and go without your control. Right. But, um, you know, something that Katara teaches a lot is you have feelings, but you are not your feelings mm-hmm. and you have thoughts but you are not your thoughts and your thoughts and your feelings are not directives, right? They don't tell you what to do. You tell them what to do. And I think it's, I think it's really important for, for those of us that are listening and maybe you share this with, uh, with others, you know, ensuring that people that you share this with, maybe you open your own life up and your own phone line up to say, Hey, call call me. me. I'm, I'm, I'm a safe yeah, person I'll be your to call. safe person. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And really showing up for them yeah. in those times. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, I, I want to be a part of normalizing mental health, you know, yeah. like making it a normal conversation that mm-hmm. people don't feel like um, it's something that they have to hide or be ashamed of. You know, like, let's make this normal, a normal conversation. It may be hard to reach out to people. It may be hard to say this is where, where I'm at. But that's when you're able to take your power back. And yeah. like like you said, like having power over yeah. those thoughts is a quick text or a phone call or driving yourself to the ER mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. that looks like for you, like really creating a plan yeah because darkness comes yeah it does come it does valleys come bad seasons come and just like our physical health sometimes seasons in our lives we're healthier than others yeah. and just having a plan for when those hard dark dark times hit like mm-hmm. what is my plan mm-hmm. and so if you're listening we're going to post um the hotline number um in the um, description of this episode and I want you to reach out, call, get you a couple safe people, and um, know that you're loved, know that you have a purpose, um, know that you're on the earth for a reason, and that you can become healthier yeah. mentally, that it's not, um, it's, it's work, but I've seen people that I love do the work, yeah. and really um become healthier mentally yeah so um 
we're kind of getting close to the end of this um, episode, but do mm-hmm. you have more stuff? Do you have steps? No, I you, you know steps. I do, but I think one of the one of the biggest steps, and I think this is number one, um, is really you know whether whether it's you or someone that you love, mm-hmm. um, really it's about educating ourselves. Yeah, it's about getting to uh, when you talk about normalizing mental health, it, it's really about uh, really being interested in knowing more about our mm-hmm. own health and what's necessary mm-hmm. every single day to to really be well. Yeah. And to be well means to take personal leadership over our own lives, but also to be well means to be well for others. Yeah. Like you were stating, like it impacts our family mm-hmm. when we're not mentally well ourselves or our health is impacting others mm-hmm. or lack of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think educating ourselves and really seeking to know more about yeah. what that means. And for some of us, it means getting more sleep at night. For yeah. some of us, it means eating healthier. Yeah. Food you know, has, we always talk about how the body it. follows the mind, mm-hmm. but we also know how the body uh, also, you know, impacts the mind as well. Sure. You know, it's not just about how the mind leads the body. Right. Uh, so how we care for ourselves, mm-hmm. exercise is huge. Yeah. Uh, learning to breathe and to, you know, there's all of those things. And, and for some of us, it's way deeper than that. And it's sure. bigger in the reality that we're yeah. fa- like I was saying earlier, the, the monster that we face is greater than I'm just going to take four deep breaths right. and I'll be okay. And I'm right. not suggesting that at all, yeah. but educating yourself in your own health. Cause there mm-hmm. are steps that you can take. Um, that can oh yeah, that can help you be healthier. So when that darkness or that deepness or that that reality comes back and that yeah. flood of feelings comes back, you're in a better place to make that phone exactly. call. Maybe not the best place, but a better place. Yeah. And and that could be the difference mm-hmm. for you. I, I did want to give the the prevention lifeline if you want to or need this number. And again, we're going to post this in. Mm-hmm. Um, with the with the post for this podcast, but it's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. That's again one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. If you need to grab a pen and write this down, I'm gonna say it one more time: one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. If that's the only number you have to call. When, when you mm-hmm. have uh, any feeling or thought of self-harm, it's available 24 hours a day. Yeah. If your safe person is sleeping and you call them at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and they don't answer, yeah. that's that's not an indication that you don't matter. Exactly. That may be an Keep. indication that they turn their volume off on their phone. Yeah, go to the next number. Go to the next <laughs> number. Have those Absolutely. numbers ready. And, uh, and again, we're going to post that yeah, with you everything. You absolutely matter. You're worth it. Um, educate yourself. I think that's for all of us, every listener, every person, like educate ourselves around mental health. Let's make it not this taboo, weird thing. Like we mm-hmm. all have to take responsibility for our own mental health, educating ourselves around, uh, mental health, mental illness, mm-hmm. 
And um, I know for me, the more I educated myself, the better I could show up for sure. my loved ones who have who have yeah. mental illness. Yeah. That's it. Um, and it has been a huge, huge shift for um, the people that I love. You know, it's been really helpful for me to educate myself. So we all need to do that. We all need to take responsibility for our mental health. And again, if you are having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to someone. Um, you matter and you have a purpose and you are loved. And I hope that you know that and that you sense that and can feel that through this episode. I wanted to speak for just a few minutes around, you know, you are, have lived all of your adult life, your teenage life, but most of your childhood, you were in first grade when your mom um, died. Yeah. Um, there's lots of listeners out there that have had to bury loved ones because they died of suicide. And so there is that hurt and that grief that is present. And I wanted you to just, because you are one of those people Mm -hmm. that, that have lost someone dear to you to speak to those that are listening that, that have that, you know, that, part of them that are that's missing now yeah you know first i i just want to say i i know like katara said i i know what you feel Mm -hmm. Uh, because i've i do i i sit where you sit and i i feel what you feel and i know what you know and um so so first i get it Mm -hmm. and secondly you're not alone Mm -hmm. um you know, to be able to be in a place where you understand that you're not having those feelings and, and the thoughts and the hurt and the pain by yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And um, I care. I care about uh, what you face as, as a person. And I, I would also say, as I said in the beginning, that that is that is your story. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a part of your story. It doesn't mm-hmm. encompass everything of who you are, and it's not every word of every chapter of your book. But it it definitely is a major uh, major part of of uh, of your journey and of your story. And and I think with that, you know, there's always been a reality in my own life of dealing with my feelings of abandonment and, and hurt and pain and, you know, the questions of why and, and all of that. And, and am I worthy of, of even love? Am I good enough to be loved? And, and all of those things are just, you know, thoughts and, and statements that have, I've always wrestled with. Mm-hmm. And I just want your listeners to know that they're not the only ones wrestling with those things. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and we, again, face those truths and, and, and come face to face with the realities of our own story, but also recognizing that, you know, we also have the opportunity to, to share what we've been through with others and to care about the health of others mm-hmm. as we heal. Yeah. And one of the greatest things that I've experienced is, and, and this takes some, some growth and you know, just a willingness to be vulnerable, but to share your story eventually. Mm-hmm. And, and it may take time to get to that place. But, you know, talking about your own pain and your own hurt is really brings healing to others. And mm-hmm. it's very th- therapeutic 
to yourself mm-hmm. as well. And, and to me, every time I tell my story, I find myself in a place where I, I know I'm healing. Mm-hmm. Um, not only those that are listening, but I'm healing myself. Sure. Um, because I'm, I'm bringing my own pain into the light. Yeah. And, uh, and it's the light that, that I'm drawn to because I know that anything hidden and covered up festers yeah that's really hard to get to that place and a lot of the listeners may not be there yet Um, but I would just suggest to be open to that Mm -hmm. and uh and you know find ways uh in opportunities where you're talking to someone else who's hurting or maybe they bring up the reality of what you've been through and the loss of a family member or friend or you know, loved one, whatever it is, and, and being open to say, as I've said to you today, as a listener, I've been there, mm-hmm. I feel what you feel, I know what you're going through, and you're not alone. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's all it takes, yeah. you know, and, and, and recognizing that, you know, we, we think our story is totally unique, and then we realize, like, every single person who has ever lived and who lives is part of one greater story and we're all collectively a part of each other and and i think from out of that then uh we're able to heal as we heal others because we're healing ourselves sure yeah did you have to come to a place of forgiving your mother Hmm. or was it like yeah yeah, I think I think I think there's some of that for sure. You know, I think um, again, it's it's removing those negative stereotypes mm-hmm. mentally, taking the blame away from her. Forgiving is, is more than just simply saying I re- I release you from blame but it's also very healing to yourself like to me it was um it was a recognition that that forgiveness came from a place where i understood that this really was a disease yeah it sounds like it forgiveness for you came from a place of empathy yeah like being empathetic toward her illness yeah and her as a person yeah yeah and accepting yeah you know when i talk and i i didn't share this with the story but i had you know my my sister was 12 years old when uh, our mom died from suicide and you know she she tells stories about and and it was really helpful for me to hear stories from her because i didn't really have a context in terms of what our mom was facing and dealing with and being able to uh, obviously not just sit back and say here's the excuse as to why this happened but here's the reason yeah it's and, just and like the, an awareness around mm-hmm. uh, around the reality and the truth of what was again it's it's you know truth sometimes truth. is really ugly you know and i think i think facing facing my mother's truth um allowed me to face mine and awesome. and forgiving forgiving meant a releasing of her from blame or from shame or from whatever it was that that could have continued to hold me in a place of uh, continued 
uh, bondage really yeah, and, and darkness. Uh, yeah, like chains of my own oppression. Yeah. And the moment, the moment that fit forgiveness and again, forgiveness isn't just a one-time event or like some type of like, I forgive you. It's all over. I'm healed. Yeah. It's process. Oh God. It's, it's a lifelong process. Yeah. You don't forgive. You're, you're in the process of forgiving. Yeah. I don't know that anyone ever fully like check it off the list. Forgives. Yeah, right. So we can't yeah. say, I forgive you. We mm, always say, I am forgiving you. Mm -hmm. Because forgiving is a lifelong, yeah. from the moment you decide to begin to release the person, you start to release yourself from that. Yeah, that's really Oppression, good. I think it's a lifelong decision mm -hmm. um, that, again, isn't a moment. Right. It's, it's a journey. Right. And it's a, it's a letting go and it's a continued process and so i would say that forgiveness is just another term for healing yeah you know it's good mm -hmm. and i also um wanted in speaking to the loved ones out there that may have lost someone to to suicide um you know something somebody said something so powerful to me one day we um, were grieving a loved one who had passed away and this person said you know that her mother, she had lost her, her husband and her, her own mother had said to her, you know, it's been a couple years. You should probably get over that, like yeah. get over that death, get over that loss. And she was just stunned that that was the language that her, her own mother used. She was an adult woman and her husband had passed away. And she said, you know, something, the metaphor that came to her was, you know, if I was in an accident, and I lost my arm mm -hmm. or I lost my leg, I lost a limb, I will never grow another arm, yeah. right? I survived, but my arm's gone. Right. And life will forever be different with one arm. Yeah. It will heal, but it won't grow back. And she said, and I will, again, using this as a metaphor, I will have to learn a new way of being. Mm with the one arm, right? Yeah. She's like, she said, it's the same way when you lose a loved one Yeah. that life won't be the same. Mm -hmm. Nobody will ever replace right. that person, right? right? It's like a limb is gone, but you can learn how to function with one arm. Yeah. You can learn how to live life with that missing it's a, piece. It's a, it's a new, a new normal. It's, it's a new, a normal, new yeah. normal. It's a new reality. Yeah. But there is hope. Yep. And um, again, all the love to all of you that Sending have, it to every have one lost of you. loved ones to suicide, who um, are dealing with, you know, trying to wrap your arms around loved ones that may be dealing with thoughts of suicide or mental illness like i am sending all the love because i've walked yeah um i've walked that road with with my sister and with other family members that are very close to me and i know you've walked through sure. it with with the loss of your mother and and you know wrapping your arms around your new normal and so my heart is just i'm trying to push it through the microphone. Like, I hope you feel the love. I hope you feel the grace and the hope that 
um, that there's light yeah. um, as you're listening to this episode that you sense and feel the light um, beaming into your heart and beaming into your mind and beaming into your soul. Um, and there's no quick fix. Right. We don't have three steps to tell you, but I did want to dedicate the next two weeks, the last two weeks of May to mental health since it's mental health month. And so we're going to put um, the phone number to the suicide prevention um, lifeline hotline in um, the description of this episode. And I hope that you got something out of it. If you know someone that could benefit from this episode, pass it along, share it. Um, It's mental health month and we're all going to educate ourselves and um, be healthier mentally. Yeah. And, and, and lastly, again, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. There is hope. Um, whether we face it or a loved one faces it, the, the one thing that we do know is that tomorrow the, the sun will come up. Yeah. If, if everything else is uncertain in our life, the, the one thing we do know and that we're confident of is when we wake up tomorrow, the, the sun's going to rise. Right. And, and we start with that. And we educate ourselves, and we love people and we show up and we're present and we're vulnerable and we share our reality and we exactly what Katara said we hold to the hope because mm-hmm. there is always always There's hope always always hope yeah as, as long as the sun comes up yeah yeah even if it's raining the sun yeah and there. you don't see the sun it's yeah. there it's, it's, it's there. still yeah. exists it's there yeah thank you for sharing your story thank you for I don't allowing know that, me to i know that that that's kind of new to some of my listeners i don't think some of them haven't heard yeah your story or your voice i appreciate you giving me the space so you, to do it yeah thank you for sharing love you um send in love to all my listeners um thank you for tuning in to this episode uh, mental health episode 18 And we will be back next week with part two. Thank you for tuning in to Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know by leaving a comment and also share it with your girlfriends. You can keep up with me on Instagram and Facebook at Katara McCarty. And you can check out the services that I provide at KatarMcCarty.com. Don't forget, grab your lipstick and rock your life.